Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. All right, all right. Well, remember, uh, today's episode is the conclusion to last week's episode. This is A.D. Robles responding to a Matt Chandler video about white supremacy. You could also in- interpret this as white man speaks about white supremacy and a Puerto Rican responds. Anyway. Hope you find it helpful. God bless. A second, if you'll give me just just a second. Um, so white privilege isn't overt racism, right? Instead, it's just this unique kind of experience of life in predominant culture. So, okay, this is where this is. I think the linchpin of this entire video. Um, he says that white privilege isn't overt racism, and um, I agree. I think that that's a good thing to say. Um, but the way he kind of presents that, I wonder if he thinks that it is a kind of racism, um, just not overt racism, because that's the idea in secular culture, right? So in secular culture, they'll admit that most white people aren't overtly racist, right? There are some, of course, but most whites aren't, but yet they're still culpable of a racism, and maybe it's an implicit inherent racism uh, maybe it's just a bias that they don't even know they have, but they're still guilty of. Um, that's a very popular idea, and it sounds to me like that's kind of where he's going. Um, but he doesn't say so, so I don't want to put that idea on him. But kind of the way he said it's not overt racism um, kind of makes me think, I wonder if it is a kind of racism. And um, I don't think that it is. I think that um, just being part of the majority culture there's nothing to be ashamed of there. There's nothing, you're, not, you're not guilty of anything because of that. Um, and so, you know, I, I just, I wonder what he means. I wish he would have explained a little further. He says um, that it's sort of this unique experience. Um, and um, I guess that's true, but that's true of anybody, right? So I was talking to a friend online and um, I, I, I asked, I said, so should, should Ethiopians in, in Ethiopia be angsty about their black privilege, right? Um, because that's the majority culture in Ethiopia. Um, should Koreans be worried about their Korean privilege in Korea? I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't think that's anything to worry about. That just seems to be the reality. So in Korea, for example, I would imagine all of the toys that Korean children play with probably have Koreans on them. Um, kids' books in Ethiopia probably have black people in them, right? So um, that's not a sin, <laughs> you know, that's not a sin unless you take it to the next level and start judging people based on the fact that they're not part of the majority culture. If you do that, that is the sin of partiality. Um, but the privilege itself, if it defined how he defines it, of course, the privilege himself isn't um, a sin. And so it's not overt racism, but is it something that is race, racism of some kind? Um, he doesn't say, but um, that's what a lot of people say. And so when you put out a video like this, you know, I don't blame white people for interpreting it according to what they already know. These terms have been defined in, in culture. And so um, you're presenting a different definition, but you, you got to be very clear about it. And I, I, you know, I didn't uh, think that he was there. So again, let, let's go back and talk about it. Growing up throughout your history books, if you learned anything other than white people built and made America great, white, it was during the month of February, it was condensed, and it was kind of an, a millimeter of depth. Of 
<laughs> so I don't know what school Matt Chandler went to, so I'm not going to deny that this happened. But, you know, believe it or not, not every school has a unit that says, you know, white people are great and white people have created everything good in America. Um, my school didn't do that. Um, so, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I imagine that his school didn't either. You know, when I when I heard this, I started thinking about, you know, when I was younger and I, we, we learned about the Revolutionary War, we learned about the Founding Fathers, and um, it wasn't presented to me as, look at these Founding Fathers, look at their whiteness, it's so great, and look at how great white people are. Um, that's not how it was presented. It was presented, here's George Washington, here's Thomas Jefferson, and you know what? They were white. That was never told to me, but they just were white. I mean, that's just the reality. So um, just because we're talking about the founding fathers and none of them were black, does that mean that we're excluding blacks from the conversation? Um, no, not necessarily. It just is the truth, the reality of the situation that the founding fathers of the country were white. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, you know, I, I, believe it or not, a lot of people don't think in these terms, right? Um, if you want to, to, to me, this is interesting because it kind of, it's a good argument to take your kids out of public school, right? Because public school is going to teach uh, what the government wants them to teach. It's going to be government history. And in America, the government has been primarily white. So if you have a problem with the government schools teaching government history, I would suggest take them out of that school and give them a more holistic education. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's I don't think anybody really learns how great white people are. No, they, they just learn about the various characters in, in American history, and many of them happen to be white. Um, you would It would be the same in Korea. It would be the same in Ethiopia, right? So if you had an Ethiopian history class, it'd be all black people probably. And then they'd have probably a few units on Europeans and Italians. Um, and then is that excluding the contributions white people? I, I don't understand. So um, I don't know. That, that That's not... That's an interpretation of reality. That's not reality, right? I reject that interpretation. I rejected the fact that you learn about the founding fathers and they're all white, that that automatically means that you're excluding blacks. It doesn't mean that. That's an interpretation that I think is very debatable. Of really what other kind of ethnicities contributed to what's now modern day uh, America. And, and even if you are, and then when you open up your newspaper, or you grab a magazine, you're going to see Anglos portrayed mostly in a positive sense, right? Um, if you go to buy your kids. Well, <laughs> that's actually changing. And um, this is so interesting to me because foundationally, this identitarian identity politics, this this um, ethnic identity issue, foundationally, there's not a difference between the people that have the black identity politics, Hispanic identity politics, and then the alt-right. There's no foundational difference because here's the thing about this. The alt-right attacks the media constantly. And why do they do that? Why would the alt-right white nationalists attack the media if the media always, in general, presented them in a positive light. The reason they do it is because that's not the case anymore. So that used to be the case, maybe. Let's let's say let's just accept his argument that that's how it was. Uh, that's not the case anymore. White people read the the newspapers and they look online and the media, and they're presented in a negative light constantly, constantly. And that's what the alt right fights against. They see that, and they see it happening. They're like, yeah, I don't want to. 
I don't want to to be put in this situation. They worry. The alt right worries about the non white um, uh, privilege that's coming. They see it coming and they worry about that. Um, so I think the church just needs to discard all this stuff. The, the church needs to discard this identity game: um, white privilege, Hispanic privilege, Puerto Rican privilege. You know, all this stuff. This just needs to be discarded. This is not something that is according to the gospel, right? This is divisive, inherently so, because there will always be a majority culture, right? And if the major, and if being part of the majority culture kind of makes you, in a some way, sort of implicitly racist, the way the the way the the, the secular world says, this is a this is a this is a this is a recipe for never-ending conflict. There's no harmony ever because there will always be a majority culture. So, um, it's just interesting that. He talks about that because that's changing for white people and they see it and they're getting angsty. And that's why the alt-right is growing because um, they want to play the identity politics game too. It's toys or go to buy them a little book. It's going to be pretty easy to just find kids that look like them on the cover. So we don't know what it's like to have to look around Barnes and Nobles for 15 minutes trying to find a book about a little girl growing up that looks like our little girl or like a little boy growing up that looks like our little boy like we've never this is this is something that i think is so interesting as well because he presents this as you have to, if you're black or you're hispanic you have to spend uh 15 minutes in barnes and nobles looking for a book that looks like your child um no you don't no you don't because um that's a choice right because I, here's the thing when i go to the store the bookstore I'm not searching far and wide to find a Puerto Rican book to show to my kids, right? Um, no, I'm finding a book that I think is good, that they'll enjoy. Doesn't matter what the race of the kids are in the book, right? Because to me, I don't think that way, and I don't want to teach my children to think that way, right? Personally, that's my choice. I, I don't think it's wrong if you want to find a book with a little black girl because your family's black or Hispanic or Chinese or whatever. Um, I don't think that's wrong. If that's how you want to raise your kids, that's up to you. You know, there's nothing in the Bible that says that that's wrong. But you don't have to do that. That's a choice, right? Because biblically speaking, we know that, you know, and, and, and Matt's going to say this later in the video, which is, which is a great section of the video. There's only two races. There's the sons of Adam and the sons of Christ. And so... Um, that's how I'm going to present things to my children. I'm not going to ignore ethnicities, but I'm not going to teach them to, you know, hey, you know, when we're reading our books, we're going to go seek out uh, the ones that, you know, look like you and act like you. I, I, personally, I think that's counterproductive, right? If I'm trying to live in light of the reality of Christ reconciling the ethnicities, then I think it's counterproductive to only buy, you know, black G.I. Joes for black kids or only Hispanic G.I. Joes for Hispanic kids, um, you know. So um, he presents us as this privilege and, you know, if you're black, then you have to spend so much time. No, you don't. That's a choice that you're making. And if you want to do it that way, that's up to you, but you don't have to do it that way. And so, um, you know, again, in Korea, that's the same situation. So if you're white in Korea, do you have to spend, you know, hours looking for white books? If that's how you want to spend your time, that I guess that's up to you had to struggle with that. We we don't get anxious every time we open up a newspaper about how we'll be portrayed. We we don't th these are these are aspects of it. Yes, they do. 
again, that's changing. Um, white people are anxious about how they will be portrayed. I saw this funny, hilarious article uh, the other day that, um, that the flavor, get this, the flavor pumpkin spice is an example of white privilege. That's what we're facing. It's insanity in the secular culture. And so, yeah, white people do open up their newspapers and say, hmm, I wonder what I'm going to be blamed for today. That happens all the time. See, see, I wonder, you know, how often you've actually listened to alt-right videos or white nationalist videos. Uh, and I'm not talking about um, people telling you what the alt-right says. I'm not saying how often have you watched Ben Shapiro tell you what the alt-right saying or Joe Carter. I'm not asking, you know, if you've read the Joe Carter article on alt-right. I'm asking, have you ever heard the alt-right? Have you listened to Red Ice TV? It's despicable stuff, right? It's despicable. But this is the stuff that they talk about. This is the stuff that they worry about. So to say that we don't ever do that, no, that's that's changing. That's what the alt-right is. So um, this is identitarian identity politics. Let's discard it because it's poison on both sides, whether you're white or black. It's an invisible air that we breathe, the type of lens that we wear. So what happens is when things blow up, we can look at African Americans or Asians or um, Hispanics and, and because of the lenses in which we, we wear and how we've been shaped by this invisible force, we tend to expect why can't they just, why won't they, and what we're saying in that moment is we're harshly judging and we're expecting if they would just look like us, if they would just do what we've done, then then none of this would happen. And, and it's a really <laughs> wow. Um, man, what kind of friends do you have? Because <laughs> that's awful, right? To say, man, if, if um, you know, uh, well, let, me, let me say this. Um, 35 years old, and uh, I have literally never, you know, b besides, besides like the really crazy lunatics out there, like the KKK, like, like the, like the neo-Nazi types, um, I have literally never heard a decent person say, man, if only they could just look like me and do what white people have done, everything would be okay. I've never heard it. Because that's just racist. That's overt racism. That's, see, that's what's so interesting. See, the, the definitions are fuzzy here because he started this thing off talking about white privilege and how it's not overt racism. And then the biggest example, the most, in my opinion, evil example that he gives is just frankly overt racism. To say that everything would be okay if just everyone had the same skin color or looked just like me, um, that's just the definition, textbook, run-of-the-mill, garden variety racism. Um, so I find that confusing. Is he talking about white privilege or is he talking about racism? Because I want to stand with Matt Chandler against the kind of racism that he just talked about. But that's not white privilege, right? That's not what we were talking about before, about the toys and the TV shows and, uh, and, and, and the history book reports and stuff like that. That's not the same thing. Um, and so it's confusing. And, and, and so in the culture, we see them, we see the culture saying that white privilege is, is, is bad. It should be apologized for. It should be atoned for. You know, they even set up, they even set up, uh, websites where you can atone for your white guilt by donating money or something like that. Um, that's what we see in the culture. And then we see Matt Chandler here saying, okay, well, this white privilege is growing up in the majority culture. 
and then you end up saying, if you just look like me, that's racism. Uh, if I heard somebody say that, I would call that out as over racism. That's not something that a Christian can do. Um, but a Christian can be part of the majority culture without sin. So, um, confusing. Uh, I thought that was the most confusing part of the video. And, and it, again, this is why people reach for the you know the mouse button to click out because they're like, I'm I'm sick of being told that my skin is something to be ashamed of, something to atone for. Um, anyway. Really kind of terrible judgmental place to sit. And so what we want is we want the truth of God's word and the beauty of the gospel to wash over us. We don't need to feel bad uh, about our experience in the predominant culture. We just need to be aware of it so it doesn't shape how we interact with the world around us. We know that when all said and done, there are sons of Adam and sons of God. Right? There are those who have sinned and are outside the covenant promises, and there are those that have been bought by the blood of Christ and are inside the covenant promises. So that when all said and done, there's the race of Adam and the race of Christ, and we're going to identify with the race of Christ regardless of skin color. And so what we want is we want to live in such a way that shows that we understand that God has brought together in Christ men and women for every tribe, tongue, and nation on earth, every ethnicity, every language, every culture, and has created a new culture of mutual submission and joy in the differences found in one another as it rounds us out more as the people of God. That's the end of the video, and that last section was awesome. Uh, I completely agree with much of what he said because he's a great Bible teacher, right? He understands theology, understands the gospel. There's no question about that, and so well said. Um, but we will never, ever get there if we're going to be accepting these divisive things that the culture produces. We're going to offer you know, support for these ideas of white privilege and then identitarian politics being valid in some ways, but invalid in others. Like, like, let's just be honest, like black and Hispanic identitarian politics, they're accepted in the church. They're accepted elsewhere. White identitarian politics are not. Um, and that's partiality. They're either both wrong or they're both right. Um, I would say that they're both wrong. This identitarian politics stuff is, is, is poison to the gospel. It's antithetical to the gospel as well. Um, so we'll never be able to live in light of Christ's reality of the, of the ethnicities being reconciled to himself in one church if we're talking about stuff like white privilege where it's just this ambiguous sort of, is it sin? Is it not? I'm not really sure. Is, is, is my skin color responsible? Uh, does, does my skin color hold me responsible for these supposedly racist uh, systems that are at play here? Um, that's what a lot of white people say or hear it being said in the media constantly. And so um, I don't know if this helps, this this video, because it's also very fuzzy. The definitions have kind of um, been kind of mixed up, right? He admits that white privilege is not overt racism, and he seems to say that it's not wrong um, to have white privilege. But then he says it leads to this place of judgment, this place of judging by skin tone. Um, which is definitely wrong, which is definitely overtly racist. So um, I want to see that I have the same goals as Matt Chandler. I, I, that last section, that's my goal as well. But we can only do it if we offer the world something completely different. 
We cannot accept. See, this is the thing. We have much more to offer the world than sort of a lukewarm um, acceptance of their categories, right? We have something completely different. Yes, we can acknowledge ethnicities, but there's one race, one race in the church, and that's the race of Jesus Christ. It's a new nation. It's a new um, group, and that's what we have to offer. It's completely different than the world's categories. There is no room for identity politics in the body of Christ, um, and so we should just reject it. We should just get rid of it. That's why in my other video, I, I was talking about we should stop talking about races and start talking about partiality because that's a sin in the new, in the body of Christ. If someone's being partial, we should accuse them of partiality and we should fix it. We should stop that. Um, but this idea of, of white uh, privilege, white supremacy and things like that, where it's just very fuzzy and vague and um, even the stuff about white church and white evangelicalism these days, we need to discard it because we'll never get to that vision that Matt Chandler just you know you know talked about. We'll never get there if we continue to talk that way. Anyway, um, I wanted to end there. Um, love Matt Chandler, like I said. I hope that um, he um, continues to put videos out there um, because I think that he's a great teacher and I would recommend um, listening to him on almost anything. And I hope this disagreement was uh, in a cordial, respectful, and graceful way. God. Well, there it was. I thought that was pretty winsome. I don't know about you. <laughs> you can't believe it. Like this video is one of the ones that got someone to basically disown me uh, and to and to treat me like an unbeliever. And I thought this was a pretty nice interaction, a very mild disagreement. I thought. But anyway, I hope you found it helpful. I think the content of that video or that audio rather was pretty good. We will return next week to uh, new content, new AD Robles episodes here on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network.